You're listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast, the podcast where we focus exclusively on all things local to the DMV area. Local investors, local knowledge, local experts. Our journey starts now. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the DC Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Russell Brazil. I'm an associate broker with Arlo Real Estate. Hi, I'm Mark Maloof. I'm a hard money lender and commercial mortgage consultant with Trius Lending. I'm a licensed real estate agent in the state of Maryland, a licensed general contractor in DC and Maryland, and I manage a portfolio of condo and HOA properties in DC. And I'm Brian Valdivia from Trias Lending. I am a business development manager at Trias. I own a rental portfolio that we've assembled uh, in pretty rapid fashion and uh, are continuing to grow. So we're going to be talking uh, today about all things lending on the hard money and commercial lending side. It is a, I know it's a subject that a lot of you guys ask about. How can I get a loan done here? I got my DTI is too high. I can't go conventional. I got no income. Um, and so we brought in, uh, Mark and, uh, Brian here to answer a lot of your questions. So, um, I guess, uh, there's a few different products we could talk about, right? So you guys doing normal fix and flip loans? Um, yeah, so, so our bread and butter at Trias, we're, we're local, we're, we fund with our own money is our fix and flip product. Uh, we, you know, fund that internally. Our underwriting is very differently. We, we tend to look at the whole picture versus, uh, a credit score of 640 only and, and disqualify people. We also have a host of 30-year rental products, whether that's for mixed use or, or you know, the typical one to four. We also have a multifamily for five plus. Uh, so, so really a wide variety of options where, where we posture ourselves as being able to help you acquire the property and do the rehab very quickly with our hard money loan and then being in a position to help you refi out of that hard money loan into a, a stabilized product for a 30-year term or so. So, um, so walk us through when a, when a flipper, right, is looking to buy a property, what's sort of their, um, so they lock up the property, get it under contract and what's sort of the process that they're going through with you guys after, um, they're getting that locked up. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we like to, like I said, we look at the whole picture. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is is get some information on the client. We're going to ask you for the ratified contract, your ID. We're going to run your credit. We're going to look at assets in the bank. We want to see that you have down payment money. Obviously you're going to have to have some skin in the game. Uh, it's a, you know, always a, a, an interesting topic. Uh, and, and from there, as long as, as everything looks good on that front, that, then we kind of start to look at the deal itself. Um, and to touch real quick, I mentioned the credit score, you know, that there's no hard stop. You know, obviously we don't want to see any bankruptcies or any, you know, if you're not paying your, your home mortgage, why are you going to pay our mortgage? Uh, but, but anyway, so, so then we kind of move forward. We start to take a look at the, the property, you know, what, what's the exit strategy? Is this going to be a long-term hold for you? Is this a flip? How do the numbers look? We look at your purchase. Uh, you know, we look at the rehab. We, we have a ton of experience. Uh, we do this, you know, everyone in our office is, is involved in the real estate game one way or another, uh, whether that's from a flipping background or from the rental background or, or just in our office. Um, so we look at the rehab numbers, we look at your overall uh, deal, and, and we can help you determine pretty quickly if we think you're going to make any money. And if it, if believe me, if we like the deal, then then we want to do everything we can to make it happen. Uh, you, know, you know, one thing I always say to a lot of newbie investors is when the hard money lender tells you they don't want to lend on the deal, 
that's awesome. It's like having a second set of eyes on and telling you, no, you're about to fuck this shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's free underwriting, baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, a lot of guys get angry, right? When you won't lend to them. And no, that's good. That means that uh, the margins aren't there. You're missing something. So, so that that's interesting. You bring that up. One thing, and I tell this to everyone I speak to on the phone is try us at try us. We really posture ourselves as like more of a consultant, whether you want it or not. Uh, and we don't charge for that service, right? So, if you come to me and you you want someone to be really hands on in the process, we're happy to do it. If you say, hey, if you don't want that, then we're also that's fine too. But believe me, when we tell you, hey, this looks a little tight, or we think your rehab's tight, or or anything, then that's definitely good advice to heed. Yeah, I just uh, had this client and uh, kind of thankfully I'm not the one listing the property, but he was told me he was going to get this rehab done in Rockville for $35,000. Like, well, it was cost me $90,000 to rehab this house. Was it a studio apartment? <laughs> no, it was a, <laughs> you know, three, four bedroom, single family house. It was like, there's, there's no way this is getting done. At least not uh, with permits and legal contractors. Um for sure. We see that. We definitely see that a lot where, where rehabs can be on the lower end. And, and we always ask, hey, what's your experience? You know, have you done any of these before? How's it look? Like, what's the, the whole package? You yeah. know, let's see your and, and we do. We have a lot of clients who do the rehab themselves, which that's always going to save you, you know, your cost. So, you know, we, we love to work with people who are doing the work themselves. No problem there. Um, oh, that's very interesting because um, I don't know if there's a lot of hard money lenders that will allow that. No, yeah. I mean, we do that. We have a really interesting rehab philosophy as well, which I'm sure is shared by a lot of hard money lenders, but we're only going to pay for work completed. So, uh, and that is one of our ways to protect ourselves, but also to really protect our clients. How, how many times have you read online? Have you heard somewhere that, you know, I gave a contractor a $30,000 deposit. Now I won't pick up my phone call. Right. Yeah. So, so we, we always advise, look, you need to work super close with your contractor in the beginning. We, we advise not giving them that major deposit. Um, and, and look, be there at the property. We'll release draws to you for free as many times as you want. Uh, but we're only going to pay for work completed. So set and our, our draw process is super simple. You literally just send us a video message, a picture message and say, HVAC is in like to get three grand, like to get four grand. Now, if you say to me like, Hey, we finished demo, we finished this. I like to get 20 grand. Then we're going to go, Hey, maybe we're going to stop out and check it out make sure that the numbers truly jive, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but no, that's, that's definitely a way. Like as long as you're showing us that work is done, it, to us, we prefer, it doesn't matter who does it, you know. But that's a big point though, right? Because a lot of lenders take time to fund their draws. And, you know, when you've got a rehab in process, when you've got a contractor you're paying, it is super important to get that money in the door. And, you know, we funded in what, less than 24 hours, oftentimes same day. Yeah, absolutely. So it really depends on that wire cut off. You know, if you text us at like six o'clock and we can't wire you out the same day. But yeah, no, a lot of these larger lenders and a lot of other lenders in our general area, they're not wiring. They, they wire their rehab draws out every other Friday. And you know, they want to send an inspector out and they want to go through and they want to nickel and dime your contractor. And, and believe me, we understand that if your contractor is not happy, the project isn't going to go very smoothly. So we want to make sure that your contractor is paid and happy. That way it's going to allow you to keep doing more and more and more and scale. Yeah, and as a contractor, I mean, you know, there is so much work out there that if you just end up being unhappy with a client, you know, I don't do this, right? I'm not, and I'm not advocating for this, but there is so much work out there that a lot of contractors will just say, you know what? I'm going to this guy who pays a little bit more. He pays me on time. He's easy to work with. There is so much business out there these days. You know, yeah, it's we, very, very important to keep your contract. We get really good contract. service from our uh, main general contractor. And it's mostly because we pay him when he asks us to like, it sounds so simple, right? <laughs> but um, 
a lot of people are like, oh, I'll get you a check next week. I'll get you a check in two weeks. And I'm paying my contractor when he asks for me for money. And I know that because I'm treating him well, I'm respecting his time. I'm respecting that he's going to pay his subcontractors. I'm getting my deals done quicker and I'm getting pushed to the front of the line because I treat him like the businessman that he is and he treats me the same. Yep. Certainly a relationship game. I mean, you, you want to really nurture that relationship with your contractor and we want to help you do that. So, so, um, when a flipper's looking at a flip, what's a sort of typical LTV that they're looking at when they're doing one of you guys loans? I'm sure there's multiple different products, but sort of your, uh, typical situation. For sure. For sure. So, uh, generally I, I always tell people, assume you're going to bring 20% down. We'll fund 80% of the purchase. We'll fund a hundred percent of the rehab always hundred percent of the rehab, 20% of the purchase price. Now in some of these though, some of these properties, especially up in Baltimore, 20% of the purchase price might not be a lot of money. About yeah. 300 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I imagine you want more skin in the game than, uh, uh, so that we, I would, we do I would hope a, if not, um, let me start borrowing. <laughs> so we do have a minimum loan amount. We generally want to be about a hundred grand on a loan amount. Okay. And, and that could be, that could be made up of primarily rehab. I mean, you, you're absolutely right. If yeah. you're buying a $20,000 house, we're probably going to have you bring more than, you know, than 20%. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, we also do a lot of hard money cash out refis, which is might seem like an interesting topic, but imagine that you purchase the property with cash and you are like halfway through the renovation, but now you're like, I'm tapped. I got no, I need, need more money for rehab. We'll do that. We'll fund, you know, we'll, we'll put a lien against the house. As long as we're in first lien position, we're, we're absolutely open to it. And, uh, and that, yeah, that's a great it. point because when I buy a property, um, even if I need funding, I, I'm going to want to buy it in cash because I want to close in five, six, seven days. And one of the my negotiation tactics is when I'm trying to sell that to the person is, hey, I'm real cash, not hard money cash, and try to explain that difference. So I get pushed to the front of the line. So I imagine, yeah, a lot of your clients are probably doing that. They're buying in cash, then they're coming to you and like, hey, now I need money. So yeah, yes, we do see that a lot. However, to your point, my fav- one of my favorite things that I see in the Facebook groups all the time are my lender backed out? I need to close Friday. <laughs> I right? was or, just gonna bring that it's up. My man. favorite post. Just, we so, hear that what once a week? Once a week. So today, so it's Monday. We're recording this on a Monday. If you came to me right now and said my lender backed out, I need to close Wednesday. I'm good to go. You get me the details in time. I'm ready to close. I could close tomorrow. The fastest loan we've ever funded was eight hours later, and I'm sure we could have did it faster. We're ready to jam. And the reason is because we're not lending other people's money. We're lending Trius's in-house business funds. So we're not dependent on other people cutting us a check to be able to lend that money out for a premium. Everything right, because a lot in-house. of the hard money lenders are really taking what they're really doing is they're going to Revere Bank or Eagle Bank and they're on a line of credit from there. So they actually have to have those draws approved by a whole nother company behind the hard money lender. Yep. Yeah, no, we're, we're funding, we're funding with our own money and we're, we're ready to close. So they're typically doing 20% on the purchase. You guys are funding a hundred percent of the rehab. Um, you're doing draws with them. And, and for those that don't understand what LTV means, it means loan to value on the loan. So 20% of the purchase price, um, with a hundred percent of that rehab being purchased, then you're putting them on draws as they, complete certain tasks in the uh, rehab process. Correct. Now we don't have a specific draw schedule. Like we don't force you to fit our mold. We're, okay. we're pretty open. If you're doing a pretty substantial rehab, you know, a hundred grand, you know, 50 grand or more, we'll, we'll ask you say, Hey, can you provide us a scope of work? Like show us what you actually are doing, what the plan yeah. is. Um, and we'll release it however you want. I mean, we have people who take 20, $5,000 draws 
and we have people who take you know two fifty thousand dollar draws. So to us, it's it's your money. It's sitting in an escrow account, and we're ready to send it to you. Just just show us your. And then, so at the end of the project, they're either the typical rehabbers do one of two things these days, right? Either they're selling it as a flip, and that's pretty straightforward. But if they're keeping it as a rental, then you're cashing them out into a different product at the end of that. Absolutely. And it, yep. And it's super straightforward. I mean, if you do everything in house, you know, with one lender, every it's it's easy peasy. Yeah. You know, we have all the all the background, we have all the documentation we need. It's really just a matter of transitioning, you know, from one type of loan to another. Absolutely. And and for the 30 year product, a lot I mean, a lot of our business, a lot of what we see in Baltimore is people as far as people who are gonna hold the property, most of them are gonna be in that one to four unit uh, you know, kind of band or whatever of type of product property. So if someone comes to me and we're looking at a hard money deal and we see that their exit strategy is to hold it and we see that they have a, a, a 700 credit score and they say, I'm going to want to pull out 70 LTV. Initially, we're like, OK, your exit strategy looks great. And if you come to me and you say, now, now credit's a little bit more important here because that's an external underwrite. It's an external product um, or an external like approval. So if you come to me with like a six. 600 at that point, because that's really the hard stop on a 30 year rental. Um, and we might say, okay, well, in the meantime, like, let's also try to focus on this type of thing with your credit, get you bumped up so we get to take advantage of the next LTV level. But yeah, no, our, our 30 year product is, is very seamless. It, it works perfectly. You just give me a call when you're about a month out or when the rehabs are wrapping up. We get an appraiser in there generally before you have a tenant in there if we can. That way it's still pristine, looks super clean, and we kind of start the process from there. And is that a, a- Fixed rate 30 or is it adjustable? It is a fixed 30 year rate. Wow. That's crazy. And uh, on that, are are you lending to individuals and LLCs or just one or the other? Either one. Uh, We prefer to close in an entity, which is what we seem to have found as like everyone's preference. Uh, I could do it either way though. Okay. Very cool. And what's the, uh, uh, so kind of talking about two different products back to back here, but what's sort of your typical terms and Granted, I know terms are going to be all over the place, right? Someone with 750 credit score and a million in assets is getting different terms and someone who's got 610 and it's got, you know, bubble gum in their pocket as their asset, right? But what's sort of the, the typical terms people are looking at for your fix and flip loans? For the, for the fix and flip loans, and it's interesting you say that about the credit and the assets because so many times we see people in the real estate game who are, are really crushing it, people that you recognize on Facebook, right? You see the name and you're like, man, he's, he's doing a lot. But, but those people, sometimes they're not always in the best situation. You know what I mean? However, a lot of times they're getting really solid rates because of their volume, because of what they're doing. You know, show us that, show us what you own, you know, show us a rear schedule. Um, so our term is nine months. Uh, it is extendable. So like that's, or, you know, renewable rolls over. That's one thing that when I first got into hard money was like my concern was like, it used to be a 12 month term. I was like, oh my God, what happens when I get to month 13? Do they take the property back? Yeah, of course not. If you're making payments on time. You Lenders know. don't want to take back the property. Correct. I, I think that's something a lot of uh, consumers don't understand. First time hard money people, I think that's definitely a point you definitely want to drive home is like, we don't want to come in and take, like, there's so many costs associated with taking that property back and then getting it to the point that we would end up selling it anyway. Um, Although, a caveat though, legit lenders don't want to take a property yeah, back. Correct. There are <laughs> there are lenders out there that will purposely fund deals. They know the borrower can't, can't you know reasonably make in order to take that property back. So I think that that is an important caveat that folks should should look out for. But yes, legit lenders do not want to take your property. That is correct. So, so yeah, our, our product now is a nine-month term that is renewable. Uh, our rates are really, they're, they're flexible. Everyone wants to hear what the rates are. That's the number one yeah. question we get on the phone. Um, 
our rates range from probably a low of nine and a half percent to a high of 13 percent, maybe 13 and a half. I'm not sure. I mean, every scenario is different, obviously. And then the points, you're always going to pay points on the loan. I think our average, our points are like two to four points. And I think if I had to tell you, if I looked at our work, if I looked at our like active open loans right now, we're probably somewhere at an average of 12 percent and an average of two percent. Yeah. So you're in the what sounds like pretty typical hard money rates, but it sounds like an easier process getting through your underwriting and get the draws released. And, you know, for people that think that these sound high, um, 15 years ago, I was paying four to five points and 15%, mm-hmm. uh, when I first got into this business, which is, you know, people were like, how'd you make a profit? And I'm like, really, I don't know how I made a profit back then, but somehow it worked. And you know, I, I think it's important to note too, the fact that, uh, you know, we're not the cheapest guys out there, right? I mean, that, that's an important point to make. There are lenders out there who are cheaper, you know, and we're not a fit for everybody. You know, I think we, uh, you know, Brian, you tell me what you think. I think the Trias is really considered more of a boutique lender, you know, than than just mass volume and trying to reach anybody and everybody we can. But, you know, what we're, I think our ideal client, our target client is those who really, you know, are looking for a partner in this. You know, they're not just looking for someone to cut them a check. They're looking for someone who can assist them throughout the process. They're looking for that service, making sure they get their draws when they need their money. Someone who's not going to back out and leave them hanging at the last minute. You know, somebody reliable. Those are those are really our our target clients and the folks that really tend to work best for us. And well, it's interesting because um, the the very first time flipper or rehabber doesn't understand the value in those things, right? And those and like you said, you're seeing these people that show up in these Facebook groups. Oh, my lender just backed out. Um, you know, when you are the first time flipper, you were like, Oh man, this guy told me he's going to give me 7% or six and a half percent doesn't exist. And that's why those guys disappear or, you know, your deal's just not good enough for them to make any money on that. Um, so it's the people that have been spurned who understand the value in what you're talking about here, Mark. So, so I see, uh, I think you're right. Or across the board there. I think we're a little bigger than what I would consider a boutique lender, but yeah, that's the best conversation. Um, so, I mean, you see these national lenders and I won't, I'm not going to drop any names, but everyone knows who the national lenders are. Uh, and they, they need 45 days to close and they're dropping the, they're dropping the ball. If it doesn't get in by their month end, then you're waiting until the next month end. And, and let's be honest, there's a lot of liquidity floating around our, our two metro areas here. Um, you know, you can't wait 45 days to close because People coming in over the top, hey, I'm going to close in three, four, five, seven days. Somebody coming in with Trias money is closing in two days, yep. so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it's hard to get the title work done that quick, but sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I like uh, what I what I what is really interesting and can be really valuable is with Trias, you're, you know, I always tell people you're working towards our best rates. You know, are you, are you going to get on the first time? Most likely not. I mean, we get some people who come in super buttoned up and they get the best shake right away. And and most people will get a very good shake, you know, even if it's 11 and two or 11 and two and a half. Um, but, but come, you know, we always say come correct, right? You want to come correct. When we ask you for things, like we're going to ask you for your ID, ratify contract, uh, assets. You know, we're not asking you for things that should be hard to find. You should be able to pull them pretty quickly and produce them pretty quickly. So if, if you can give us and paint the picture perfectly the first time, that's always going to help yeah. you, right? You know? Well, and it's always too worth uh, doing the math and convert. What is the difference between, say, 9% and 11% on, if you're talking about a Baltimore deal, it's 150000 You're talking about 
you know, interest and fees that are in the hundreds of dollars difference, not even the thousands of dollars difference. We're talking about really small part sums of money. So if you're telling me for $500, $700 more, I can get this done easier. I mean, that's a no brainer to me. You also mentioned fees as well. Like outside of origination, like some, some people come, we see people all the time like, oh yeah, they're charging me 12 and one. And then you see the HUD and there's like $6,000 in appraisal fee and wire fee and inspection fee. And you're like, wait, wait, I don't think you're paying one point. My well, guy. and a lot of lenders do also, I don't know if you guys do this, um, but a lot of add a fee on just to do a draw. So we don't, we, we do have a, an appraisal fee cause we are going to come out and visually inspect your property. So we do charge for that. We don't have a draw fee though. We don't, every time we wire you. And like I said, it could be two times for your whole budget or it could be 10. We're just wiring you. Yeah. I've out. seen, I've seen some lenders that are doing five, $600 just on the draw. Right. And if you do, and I don't know, say you, say you did a whole bunch of small draws and you did 10 draws, that's another five grand in draw fees. Another thing that, that you can kind of work towards a try is, you know, once we have like a proven track record, once we've worked together a while is we'll lower that, uh, that down payment requirement, you know? So, so to, to me in my head, it sure, instead of bringing 20%, I'm bringing 10%. But, but what that also means is that my ROI is increasing, right? Because now I'm putting less money out at a closing and I'm, you know, I'm going to have it in my pocket. So. Yeah. Cause if, uh, I'm just making up a number here, but if the purchase price is a hundred thousand dollars, so now instead of me bringing 20 grand, 20 grand for that down payment, if I'm at 10, I can do two separate properties at once. Uh, my ROI is doubling. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and so that, that's sort of the fix and flip stuff. And now on the 30 year hold, again, I'm sure it's a range of, you know, sort of things, but what's the typical terms people are looking at on that, on that buy and hold loan? Yeah, absolutely. So, so right now, my although my job is business development uh, manager, I'm very, very heavily intertwined in this product. As as we're continuing to grow, this we've experienced an insane growth in this in this aspect of our business. Um, I tell people I can get the rates as low as three point six two five, which is a hundred percent the truth. It's a teaser rate for sure. It's tough to get there. We've had maybe two out of a hundred loans in the last you know month and a half closed there. Uh, but but let's talk for a second as to why that is, right? Because part of that is what credit score. Part of that is the LTV, right? You're looking at a very low LTV. You're not maxing out, you know, what you can pull on a property. Um, and the DSCR. Exactly. The so so these ratio. lenders are going to want to be in the safest possible position to give you the lowest possible yeah. rate, right? So because well, that's almost a fan, that's a Fannie Mae rate. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a fantasy, in my opinion, when they post these teaser rates. But the average rate that we see for, for our day in and day out cash out clients is right around four and a quarter, four and an eighth, uh, sometimes four and a half, but, but usually right in that band. I tell you, though, that's not bad when we're only talking about a quarter to half a point uh, more than what I would get on a conventional rate sure. for, for an investment property. Sure. And, and my big sell for this. So uh, I mentioned that I'm an investor. I use this product a lot. Uh, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit, but I use this product a lot personally. The biggest thing for me is that this product doesn't show up on your credit report. So uh, there's a lot of commercial lenders out there offering similar 30-year products that do show up on your credit report. I promise you that in, in 90 days, you run my credit. You're not going to see that I got nine of these things uh, impacting my DTI for when I go to buy a personal house next year. Um, so that's a big thing. That's That's huge for me. Um, that's a big deal. Big so deal. what is the, uh, what's your guys strategy around deciding not to report to credit is just remove one aspect, which means less work for you guys. Or is it, is it specifically, uh, 
a sell point to the client. It's a sell point. And when we, des- when we kind of designed the product and adopted this product, that was like our big thing. Like these investors, I mean, one of the biggest pain points that anyone has when they go to buy a house is what, what's my DTI? How do I calculate my yeah. DTI? And am I over my D? You know what I mean? So, so this was, it's an easy, easy way to go about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Because especially when you're an investor, if you're an investor who's making a ton of money, if your primary source of income is being a landlord, you get 25 rentals. Um, your DTI is just, you know, it's fucked. Especially for, if you're depreciating. Yeah. You're not you're showing, showing any income. You're, 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 <laughs> you got no income coming in. You're showing all these paper losses. In reality, you're making 20 grand a month, um, but uh, you can't get a loan. <laughs> further, even further to your point about income, our products are, are no docs. So I don't need income docs. I don't need to see a W-2. I don't need to see 109, and I don't need to see tax returns. I don't care. It's what all, do you, you look at bank statements? or No, no. So I want to see your credit score. That's going to yeah. give us a base rate. It's going to give us a starting rate. So if you have 760, maybe your starting rate is 4 or 3.8. Yeah. And then everything else comes from the property. Uh, if it's a single family, you get a little bit better rate. If it's a duplex, we take a little bit of like an eighth of a hit. If it's a uh, cash out, we take a little bit of a hit. And, and those factors that surround the property and the loan parameters are what really get us to an ending rate. And that's how we go from being at a 3.8 to being at a 4.25 or, or whatever that, that is. Um, and what's really interesting is like when you hear, when I say 4.25, Everyone and everyone out there at this point knows, oh, conventional is three and a half, low threes, high twos a couple months ago. Um, I look at the mortgage payments on these things, even at four and a quarter. And like we had one close at 4.8 the other day. And I'm I'm still looking at like a six to $700 a month cash flow on this single family residence property. I'm like, man, like it's killing it. Yeah. Like, the no difference doubt. between three and a half and four and a quarter might be a substantial difference on a million dollar property on, uh, on a property in Dundalk. We're talking about a $10 difference in payment or something. Yep. yep. Yeah. For a no doc loan that doesn't show up on your credit report. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty substantial. Yep. Yep. And these can also be done as portfolios and for purchases. So portfolios, meaning I can, I can put multiple properties together, which there's some interesting strategies that I personally take advantage of for that. And then also for a purchase. So, um, we get calls all the time for people that believe they need a hard money loan. And this is one thing that we have a really strong standpoint about is we won't force you to pay us more money, even if we think it's a bad idea. Like if you come to me and you say, I'm looking at a property that needs rehab, Okay, hard money is the answer because these 30-year products are really for properties that are finished. You know, they're going to pass an appraisal. They look great. You know, they're done um, or are already rented. If you come to me with one and you say, hey, this property is rented, it's finished, or I'm ready to put a tenant in it, I'm not going to tell you to go into a like, – and if you have time to close, as long as you have, you know, 20 to 30 days to close, then, then yeah, absolutely. Let's go right into the 30-year product. Let's lock that 4.125, 4.375 rate in and, and be done with it, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, are those sort of the two bread and butter loans then, the 30-year the buy and hold, and still kind of blows my mind that it's uh, not, a, not a balloon payment or anything on there uh, because there's not a – there's not a lot of commercial lending out there that is not going to have a balloon payment, some sort of adjustment. Um, the fact that you guys are doing a fixed 30 years just kind of insane in the space is, you know, there's a few people, but usually not at these kind of rates. Yep. Fully amortized. And, and that is really the two, uh, the two, uh, our two products, the hard money loan, our bread and butter, we've been doing it for 23, 24 years or so. And then the, uh, the 30 year stuff, we've been doing it for a few years, but we've really, 
put a lot of effort into developing the product further, you know, kind of the beginning of this year. Uh, it was interesting in the beginning, but now it's really a seamless, really streamlined process. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier, lenders don't want to take back the properties. Do you guys have, are you guys taking back any properties at any point or? I, I looked at the numbers. Uh, I looked at our like global numbers before this, cause it's always a question that comes yeah. up. I think that we've taken back five properties and okay. I think that like two of those people, like, died like like i i mean i don't it's not been very often yeah because i'm always curious about that process because it uh by the time you go through foreclosure you're, you're losing money on on this property and usually selling it off at a discount to move it off your books quick so i'm always kind of curious when that does happen to hard money lenders and i'm always kind of shocked that it, it always seems like people it doesn't come up very often uh, we have another friend jared who's a hard money lender and i think he had said like 10 years in the business he had never taking a property back. Um, and especially in Baltimore, that kind of dumbfounds me with as much crap that goes on up there. I mean, we're investors, man. We're, that's our, we, we got skin in the game. Yeah. You know, that's like our thing. Like we want to put our name on something that's cool at the end. Right. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's pivot here and talk about what I think is even probably more interesting than the borrowing aspect is, um, you've got this exploding rental portfolio over the last year, which I think is pretty awesome. Tell us about that. Sure. So, uh, we've, been buying rentals at a pretty rapid pace. Uh, we started really getting after it, if you will, like May 2nd, we've closed 24 properties since May 2nd. Um, we have a few under contract now they are getting ready to go. Uh, and I use the same products that I'm talking to you guys about. This isn't a plug. This is real. Like I, I, I didn't use hard money before this year. And now I use hard money to purchase, to do some value ad work. And then I, I roll right into these 30-year products. It, I'm a finance guy, always was, my background is. And, and I think that the rates that you can lock in, you're locking in money so cheap right now that it's it would be stupid not to. And and uh, I mentioned that there's some you know potential advantages to using these portfolio loans when you put one or two together. Um, is they're going to use the combined appraisal value kind of as your LTV when you like start to get out of them. So if I have one property where I really hit a home run and I got like 60 grand in equity and I got another property that's a little bit more tight, I can put those two together in a refi portfolio and not have to bring anything to closing on the back end. So, 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 I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things there. We, we really honed in a process and an area and a type of property and we've just been kind of laser focused. Nice. And um, was there any sort of driver to going from like zero to a hundred like a hundred miles per hour here, like in such a short period of time was you, did you just see something in the markets? Like I have to take advantage of this or some sort of life thing that triggered this or. So uh, I turned 30 last December and okay. I said, I said in December to like a handful of people, I was like, we're going to do something crazy this year. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think it's going to be in real estate. We had a couple flips, but I was like, we're going to really try to go crazy. And then I have a partner, Angelo uh, Pagonis, great guy. You know, we, we, We've done built this together. He had a baby in April, and that was one another one of the catalysts. I think a couple of things just kind of came together at the perfect time, and then I saw um, firsthand how these thirty year rental products are working through work, and 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 how the numbers look, and and I, I was like, I think that we would be crazy not to try to take advantage of some of these purchases that we're seeing in the market from wholesalers. I mean, for the first time in a long time, we got something under contract from the MLS last week, like. I don't know if that means things are slowing down or what that means. Maybe it's not a good sign, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, that's it, man. It was just a couple of life events. I think both of us are in, mentally in the same place and we're just kind of went after it. 
Yeah. So what's the numbers on these um, units that you're buying typically look like? And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of our listeners tend to be more DC focused. So these are going to be more Baltimore area numbers. So don't expect to get a Baltimore area number, you know, in Petworth or Shaw. Very, yeah. Very sorry to compare my numbers to the DC guys. <laughs> Believe me, I love looking at those $500,000 purchases before rehab. Uh, our average purchase price is probably one fifty. Uh, it's right, right around 150. We're at our average rehab into some properties is probably like 15 to 20. We just did a three unit. We had 30 grand of rehab. So, um, our average rent across the portfolio after everything, I take out 8% for property management because that's what my property manager charges five for vacancy and five for, uh, like maintenance. Uh, we're averaging four seventy two per property across the portfolio. Okay. Nice. Positive monthly cash flow, cash flow. So uh, maybe a little lower than I would like, but uh, for me, this is a long-term game. Thirty years old. This is this is you know the retirement plan. So. But if you don't rate, if your repairs and capex don't add up to those five percent each, the cash flow may actually be better, or it may be worse, right? So, but we, even so, I mean, if you're talking four hundred and seventy-five dollars, roughly, I mean, a month of positive cash flow—that's a nice chunk of money across how many properties is it? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. I mean, that's a nice chunk of of you know money coming in every single month. I mean, that's um, right. Multiply that by the number of them. That's enough for most people to retire. So, yeah. I always tried to base it on five hundred a month because that's the easy six grand. You know, like that's yeah. the number that makes sense. And that, like, so we try to stay close to that. And like, we've uh, a lot of the properties we've acquired, more than half of them came with uh, with a tenant existing. So I'll give away one of my uh, little secrets, one of my little honey holes. When I was looking, was I was looking for tired landlords. I was looking for people who had under paying tenants in pro in areas that I liked where I knew the values of the properties would be good. So I could try to acquire them with little out of pocket in the end, you know, after I did the refi or whatever the case was. Um, and I found, we found them and then I went in and I spoke with each tenant, you know, what, what's your, your wish list? What can I do to make the property better? This, this, that, you know, we did it. And then I said, okay, but that comes with a rent increase. You know, that's kind of how these things are going to work. Now that said, I didn't come into someone's life and completely upend their life. I never came into a, a tenant paying $1,100 and said, okay, you owe me $1,800 next month. Cause I'm, I'm so what's a typical rent raise in that situation for you? More than 5%. Uh, so, okay. So, so that's not, yeah. that's not a huge amount of money, you know, right. 50 bucks, 7,500 exactly, bucks. Yeah. Exactly. You know, try to get it a little bit more performing. Um, and then, get them on a more regular rent raising schedule was really like the thought process, like, you know, annually instead of like, I look, we picked up one where they hadn't had a rent increase since 2002. I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, 19 years without a rent increase. <laughs> so what was the, what was the starting rent on that? Uh, I was like 600 at the time. And I think they're paying, they're paying us a thousand. Now we just submitted another increase to the, uh, and what, sh what should they be at? Oh, it should be 18. Yeah. So it should be minimum 18. It's a detached single family. It like, should be 1800 a month. And these guys are paying 600 a month. Cause <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, an I wouldn't have moved sure. either. <laughs> they're not going to lend you a hundred percent of, of your purchase and your refi and your, and your rehab costs. Uh, and that's because they want you to have some skin in the game. Rightfully so. Believe me, it's uh there, there is a certain level of risk that comes with the strategy that I'm doing and I'm, I'm well aware of it. So, uh, but we, yeah, so we have private lenders who we work pretty closely with that will lend the whole thing. That said, um, I, I do that intentionally because of when I do a refi, I, I, I intend on refining within 30 days. You know, I want to have out of the hard money and into the 30 year product within 30 days. So 
I'm not going to be able to do a cash out at that point. One of the hard gu- hard guidelines on a 30-year product is that it has six-month seasoning. Now, I can usually get around that at four months. But but still, like they want to see that you've owned it for six months before they let you do a full cash out refi. If However, there's a lien on the property. Correct, correct. Now, if you bought it with cash, you could get a, I could get you 80% out. We close in 30 days, no problem. Because um, that's more akin to delayed financing in that situation. Exactly, exactly. I, I consider it to be like a loophole in their process. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like we get so many people who are using a line of credit to buy properties and then I'm, they want to pull that cash back out, pay the line of credit back and repeat. So I'm like, yeah, we can do 80% of the new appraised value. Do your rehab, get an appraisal, and then let's get the new money out. Um, and you can likely, we have a lot of people who are buying properties for almost no money out of pocket in that scenario. You buy something for a hundred and well, you know the numbers, but uh but no, so I, I don't do any cash out refis. I do strictly rate and term refis, uh, which has zero seasoning. So as soon as I finish the rehab, I get an appraiser in there, I get a new appraisal, and we begin the process and, and pay the hard money lender back. Um, and that's how we do it. Nice. Um, and it's great, man. I, I know the trias is always ready to close. So that's the perfect yeah. thing. You know, like if, if I make an offer, like this is where trias really, really shines. Uh, if I make an offer on a property, Right now, title work in Baltimore County is taking about seven days. My lender's not going to be ready to do that. Like he's he's going to be close, but if I want to try to close and make an aggressive seven day offer, I'm going right to try it because I know they're going to get it done. Like I know that like I'm not even going to call my lender. That money's sitting in the bank account, ready to be wired out right now as we're speaking. So exactly, yeah. With with my lender, like he's going to have to move some things around and and I get it going. Um, right, because if you sell right, if you sell stocks, what does it take a stock sale to clear three days or something? Right. Um, there's always processes to getting the money, right? So having liquid, actual liquid dollars today is harder than it sounds. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, so I, I, I use hard money or private money to acquire the property. I value add at every property. You'll see me targeting very similar properties. I'm either looking for three ones or two ones so I can add a bathroom or add a bedroom and bump that appraisal, you know, and that's how I'm going to use the equity and a new appraisal to get my hard money lender paid off and to add another property to my portfolio. And you're, are you typically pulling out all your capital on these deals? I hope so. Yeah. yeah usually, uh, I, I try not to leave very much in deals at all. Not the worst thing if you have to, but right, right. Yeah. Of course, of course it's going to, I mean, sometimes you're going to eat the bear and sometimes the bear is going to eat you, yeah. you know? So are you ever, uh, it's always hard. So with the private lender, are you ever, ever able to pull out more capital than you put into it? Unfortunately not. Actually. So that has occurred one time out of the 24. Uh, and that's only because a construction, the rehab portion, took four months longer than it should have. We held the hard money loan, our hard, the longest hard money loan that we've held. We had it for six and a half months. So I passed the seasoning point. I got a huh. really nice And the market was probably rising during that time too. Of course, I bought yeah. it back in March. And now like, yeah, so we're... Yeah, homes are 5% more valuable than in March on average, I'd say them right now. But uh, Trias did help me do that. I was able to pull about a total of... Sixty or eighty thousand dollars more than my total investment, and that was in DC, in right? DC, yeah. And so this is also a very important um, caveat. A lot of commercial lenders, um, as well as hard money lenders, don't want to lend in the district, which oh, we is a love it. We which love is a it. real pain in the ass because 
it's generally a higher quality asset in DC too. Um, maybe not yours, Mark, but you know, in general, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, um, we, uh, we we have pretty interesting rates. Like we 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 try to do some specials for DC because we know a lot of the lenders out there that do play in the DC market are a little bit tighter on their numbers. We want to be in that game. We want to be in that conversation. So believe me, like bring me the good deals and we'll make them work. Yeah, because that the the gross margins in DC are are so large. Now, granted, our rehab costs are. You know, it could be 150, 250,000. That's a condo conversion, you know, even a lot more. But um, our gross margins are so large um, that it you can fuck up a lot of things and still like <laughs> make profit. Um, I've seen a lot of flips that are just terrible where everything is screwed up and they're still eking out where everything goes wrong, break even numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, or even make a profit in some yeah, cases. Yeah, or even make a profit in some yeah. cases. But like, you know, we got a flip going on right now in Brentwood, and um, I think Jack's going to make like hundred grand. I'm sure we'll have some cost overruns. We'll probably go down ninety, eighty five. But like, just think of how much room we have to screw things up and, and still not come out at a loss when our we have an expected hundred thousand dollar profit. Especially in this market, I mean, yeah. that's pretty crazy in this market. Yeah, I mean, it's calmed down a little bit, but like, there was a while there it was like. All right, let's just buy it, not do anything, hold it for six months, and then sell it. I'm not advocating people do that, but I wish I'd bought more rentals six yeah. months ago for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. look what you'd be doing now. Yeah, and talk for a second. I mean, you talk about Jack potentially clearing hundred grand, give or take, right? How many times do we see folks that are looking at clearing ten thousand, fifteen thousand, right? I mean, well, especially in DC, if your margins are that close, and there are people doing tight, tight margins too, they're paying a lot. Um, you know, 10 grand does not go very far in DC labor or material costs, right? So I'm surprised that there's not more people going bankrupt with the kind of deals that they're taking down. I, well, that, that could also be a function of this market. I've said this for about a year now, is that I think this market is really protecting a lot of people. You know, people who are doing not the greatest flip work or are missing things on their purchase when they're purchasing and they're missing it up front, you know. Because of that rise in appreciation and property value, like you're okay because a five thousand dollar hit here, ten thousand dollar hit here, the the market's still risen greater than that. However, you know when things turn around further, and I do agree, there's been a slight pullback. You know, maybe even more. Those people are going to get hurt. Yeah, I did my first three flips in two thousand three and two thousand four, and I lost money on my first three ones, and that was with the market still dramatically saving me and going up during those flips. I just imagine if the market had been flat, I think I lost 10 grand, five grand and one grand on those first three. Like those numbers probably would have been, you know, 20,000, 10,000 and $10,000 losses if the market wasn't saving me at that point. And this is not going to last forever, right? I mean, this is something that eventually, you know, we're, we're going to see this market. I, I think we're already sort of starting to see a normalizing of the market. Um, you know, granted, we're in a metro area here where prices appreciate strongly every year, but I think we're going to get back to a normal three, four, five, six percent, not the 10, 15, 18 percent we saw here over the last 18 months. Yeah. Um, I think non prime inventory, the pro- properties with houses now are not getting 10 offers like they were, you know, six months ago. They're not selling in seven days. You know, they're, they're taking longer and they're selling for less. Which is good. That's that's we normal is a good thing, for sure. For sure, definitely going to make it easier for us investors out yeah. here too. <laughs> yeah. 
You, you want to tell us about that deal that we're, Mark, where you, I think we might have talked on another podcast, but I still love hearing people get this much money out of properties. Yeah. So there was, uh, I picked up two condos uh, in Southeast DC across the river. Uh, I think I bought the first one about two and a half years ago. I bought the second one maybe a year and a half or two years ago and uh, originally had a deal with, an, with a bank uh, where I did an initial cash out refi. And then I, Bought the property across the hall, renovated that one, decided I wanted to do a portfolio loan and found Trius and was able to cash out a whole lot more money on this deal than I had put in. And the first the first condo that I bought, I picked up for $45,000, uh, which was a one-bedroom, one-bath condo with a parking garage, a uh, separate, detached, lockable, freestanding parking garage. Uh, put about twenty five into that one, a little bit less, but I was all in for about 70 on that one. Uh, I was able to cash out 75 with the original loan. So you got paid five grand. You own the asset. Five grand, yep. And uh, I ended up cash flowing about three and a quarter a month on that one. Then I picked up the one across the hall, did the rehab on that one. I picked that one up for 29,000, put about 30 grand into that one. So I was all in for roughly 60. And then I did a portfolio loan to pay off the original property and uh, do everything through Trius. And I ended up cashing out a total of about 208,000 all said and done. So 208. Uh, 208 was the, sorry, 208 was the loan, and they ended up cashing out. I think I walked away with about 120 or so, something after, along those after lines. After paying off everything, after paying off the, the previous lender, you know, yeah. yeah. And you got two two assets now, so you've gotten paid to own these assets. They're both cash flowing. Yep, they're both in DC, and you know, it's not the best area, but it's not the worst area by any means either. I feel safe down there. And yeah. that's my big criteria, right? I won't go into war zones. If I can't drive there at nighttime, that's not a place where are they? In. Are they right down there? Southern Ave? Yes. Um, like near where Southern and Eastern kind of meet that, yes. that, that corner of the diamond. Yep. Exactly. Down in Hillcrest. Yeah. And, and Hillcrest is a nice neighborhood. Hillcrest has always been kind of the nice, the nice part of, uh, you know, the, across the river. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know that Right. A lot of people hear Southeast and they just have this sort of negative connotation, but Holcrest is a nice neighborhood. And actually a lot of it is um, sort of larger single families, even though you're, yours are condos down there. Um, but it's sort of a this hidden gem down there that a lot of people don't know about. It is. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, areas that before were kind of no-go zones like Congress Heights and Berry Farms. We're seeing those really kind of coming up. Yeah. We're seeing condos in those places, you know, in the mid ones to, you know, sometimes the mid twos, depending. Which is crazy because like five years ago, a lot of the a lot of these condos now going for one fifty, say, were like literally like thirty, forty, fifty thousand yeah. dollars. We're um, seeing that same thing in Baltimore too. Yeah. Like it's I'm saying we, we paid a hundred grand for a property and like I'm pretty sure that someone probably bought it like two years ago for thirty five. Yeah. But no, Hillcrest is beautiful. I love Hillcrest. I want to buy more property down there. You know, obviously Deanwood's been on fire now for a while. And, you know, that's, I think that's starting to get a little bit yeah, that, out. Um, what is that street in Deanwood? Is it Minnesota Rav that runs sort of diagonal up through it? Like they were, a lot of the storefronts used to be sort of vacant there and now they're getting filled. Um, they've built a, you know, some right around the metro stations there. They've built out some new stuff, um, but it's rapidly uh, changing over there. Absolutely, man. And I think it's really just a matter of time before the development that we've seen across the rest of the city just makes its way over across the river. Well, you know, there's sort of, uh, I think they're going out of business, but um, there's been sort of this joke in um, D.C. gentrification that if you follow where the D.C. Eagle goes, um, the neighbor is going to gentrify. So this goes back to even before I was born, um, but back in the 60s and 70s, I think the Eagle went 
they were down sort of like at say 10th and K or so, uh, where the old convention center is, which I don't remember because it was torn down before I was here, but the Eagle went there and gentrified that neighborhood. Um, then they went to another neighborhood and gentrified it. Then they went to Shaw and it started gentrifying. So the Eagle kept moving places, but as gentrification happened, prices happened, the Eagle priced itself out of its own neighborhood in a neighborhood that it jump started the gentrification of. Um, now the Eagle jumped across the river to Deanwood um, and prices has been moving up steadily there. But I think, I think they're, I think they're going out of business. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but that's more Mark's, um, you know, seeing the mine. <laughs> yeah. So I tell you, man, I mean, you know, Southeast is for me, a big opportunity yeah. zone. You know, I, I love the Hillcrest area. I'm looking at buying property in, in Congress Heights, in Berry Farms. Um, you know, there are certain, certain well, streets. Six or seven years straight, Anacostia has been the fastest appreciating neighborhood on a percentage basis in DC, like averaging something like over six or seven years, like 18% a year or something, some absurd number like that. Yeah. Now, part of that comes from the price points seven years ago being so dramatically lower uh, than they are today. But um, still, like it's been, you know, basically guaranteed huge gains over there for the the better part of the decade now. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's, like I said, there's tons of opportunity out there. I want to buy more property. Obviously I'm not the only guy that's, that's buying property out there. You know, we're seeing, you know, sales kind of skyrocket. We're seeing prices skyrocket um, in areas that, you know, like you said, a few years ago, a lot of folks wouldn't even step foot in. And you're ready, uh, and you're ready to buy too now, right? You got that money at the cash out refi money, ready to rock. I, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Absolutely. So, um, and you know, Trias does want more of a footprint in DC. You know, so if anybody does have loans that they want to get processed or they want that free under, uh, underwriting on, you know, feel free to reach out to us. And we'd be happy to. Walk yeah. Why don't you, you give that. Uh, why don't you give them your contact information? Because we're going to wrap up here. So if you guys are looking to, you know, you have a hard time getting conventional financing for whatever reason it is, uh, you know, get out here to Mark and Brian and get some deals done. Give them your contact info. Absolutely. So you can reach me by email at Mark with a C at trius, T-R-I-U-S, lending.com. So Mark with a C at triuslending.com. Or you can reach me on my cell phone, 301-461-9910. Sure, man. And uh, and always reach out. You know, my name's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at triuslending.com. Super easy. Yep. And then, like always, I'm Russell Brazil. If you guys want to reach me or anyone on the podcast, reach out to us at info at dcrealestatepodcast.com. Thanks for listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to contact the hosts, reach out to them at info at dcrealestatepodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you access your podcasts. 